It's a matter of life and death. I'm not sure how I missed that all these years. I've known about the parable of the sower since I was a little boy in a Sunday school classroom where there was a poster of this parable hanging on the wall. There was this farmer, it was actually Jesus, and he looked like a very friendly farmer, and he was tossing seeds out onto the earth beneath him, and that's about as far as I got in the parable of the sower, that Jesus is like a friendly farmer. I maybe learned a few things later on, maybe some moralisms about being good soil and not letting the thorns choke what Jesus is distributing, but that's about as far as I got. But now I realize in reading this parable again that Jesus is trying to get something across to us and it is a matter of life and of death. In the parable, there is a plant in the middle of the picture that will either grow and thrive or it will wither and die. It's a matter of life and death. I didn't realize it until this year when I started reading this parable afresh. Jesus is trying to warn us that there are things that will come into our lives that will kill our spiritual being. It will make our souls wither and die. Jesus was standing on the edge of a lake one day and he was looking out in open air preaching just like this. And he was looking out at a group of people who were probably wheat farmers. And he was trying to convey to them something very important, something very powerful, something very profound. And it was what he called the word of the kingdom. And he looked at these wheat farmers and he said, you know, the, the word of the kingdom is a little bit like one of you farmers. When you throw the seed on the ground, some of the seed, well, it, it, it lands in a path and a bird comes and snatches it away. Some of the seed lands among a rocky place and it doesn't have the chance to grow its roots and so when the sun comes out, the plant withers away and the sun scorches it. Some of the seed lands among thorns and the thorns grow up and they choke the plant and it dies. But some of the seed lands on good soil and it grows, and it not only lives, it thrives, and it multiplies 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. I think if Jesus were here today looking at us, we're not wheat farmers. We don't have wheat plants growing in front of us, but you know what we do have? We have this beautiful tree. Isn't that a nice-looking tree? Two weeks ago, I came out here with my friend Brian, and we gave this tree a haircut. We had to cut some of the branches off. It was badly overgrown. But I kind of got to know this tree a little bit, and I want us to get to know it as well. Jesus, when he told his parable, he had this wheat plant in the middle of it, and he's really saying that wheat plant is you. It's your faith. It's your soul. So I want us to look at this tree this morning and think, that's a picture of my soul when it's thriving. That's a picture of my spiritual being when it's living and doing exactly what God designed it to do. We can't see it, but there's roots under the ground of this tree. We have good soil here at Stanwich Church. In fact, since we're all out here, I want us to do a little experiment. I want everybody just to kind of bend your body down a little bit and stick your fingers right down in the soil. Come on, don't be shy. I want you to get a little bit of that soil on your fingertips. I want you to be able to see some dirt on your fingers. Didn't think you were going to get dirty fingernails coming to church today, did you? 
We have good soil here at Stanwich Church, and the nutrients that are coming through that soil into the roots of this tree are allowing it to grow and thrive and have life and multiply. You know, two weeks ago, I came out here and trimmed this tree, and yesterday I went out into the woods, and just for the fun of it, I pulled one of the branches that I cut off this tree, and I want you to see this today. Two weeks ago, these leaves were still green. Life was still coursing through these branches. And now look at it. Two weeks without the nutrients from the soil, look how withered away this branch is. Maybe some of you sitting here this morning are thinking, you know, my soul, my spiritual being feels a little bit more like this branch than it does like this beautiful tree. Is there anybody here who after the last six months has branches in your soul that are withering? Or do we all feel as thriving and full of life as we could possibly be? What Jesus is trying to show us in this parable is that there are three things that can come against our soul and those three things will make it wither and die. Three things that will kill our spiritual life. And one thing that's like the nutrient going through the soil that will make our spiritual beings thrive. Three things will kill it. One thing will make it thrive. Let's look at it together in the parable, shall we? In the metaphor of this parable, the three things that Jesus says will make our souls wither and die. The three things in the metaphor, in the parable, are birds... Rocks and thorns. Birds, rocks, and thorns. We have a lot of each one here in Greenwich, Connecticut. And we have the things that they point to in the metaphor as well. So let's find out what these three things are that make our souls wither and die. Beginning with the birds in verse 4. Jesus said, As he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Now, what's really cool about this parable is that just a few verses later, Jesus actually gives us the meaning and interpretation of every aspect of the parable. It's the only parable where he spells it all out. So in verse 19, Jesus explains what the birds stand for, what they symbolize. Let's look at verse 19 together. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. So the bird that would snatch away the seed and not allow you to grow and thrive and have life in your spiritual being, the bird in Jesus' metaphor is what he calls the evil one. The evil one. The devil. Now this may come as a surprise. It's a beautiful morning out here on the lawn. I don't know, maybe there's somebody in the back who wandered in from the neighborhood and you just came down and you sat down and you hear the preacher talking about the devil. Maybe I'm ruining your morning. I don't know. I'm sorry, but the devil is real. He's out there. We have an enemy of our souls and he wants our souls to wither and he wants our souls to die. I'm sorry if that's a harsh word for you this morning, but I wouldn't be a good pastor if I didn't warn you about this enemy of your soul. There is an evil one, and the parable of the sower is symbolized as the bird who would come and snatch away that life-giving word from God. The devil is real. We're going to hear more about him in a couple of minutes, so don't get too nervous. We're going to hear about who has victory over him. But he's real. We need to know that. 
The second thing that can make our souls wither and die are symbolized in the rocks or the rocky ground. Let's read about them in verses 5 and 6. Jesus said, Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. What's that rocky ground symbolize? Jesus gives us the answer in verse 20. He says, As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a, a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. Our souls wither if we, we receive faith from God, but we don't give it a chance to grow deep. We don't let the roots grow deep down into the soil like this tree. And suddenly hardship comes along, tribulation or persecution comes along, and suddenly our faith is, is, is um, too shallow. We don't have enough roots in the soil of God's word and, and our spouse comes and asks for a divorce and we lose our faith or a child stops speaking to us or we lose our job or some tragedy happens or how about this one, a global pandemic lands in your household and suddenly you realize how deep or shallow the roots of your faith have gone. And maybe after seven months of it, we feel a little bit withered away in our spiritual being with all that hardship. That's the rocks that come in our lives. And the third one, Jesus symbolizes with thorns. And for this one, I don't have a visual for you. I don't have a tree or a branch or rocks to think about, the thorns that come, they're more internal. The first two are like external threats, the evil one and hardship, but the third one actually springs up in our own hearts. We have to take responsibility for when this happens, and it's the thorns. Jesus talks about it in verse 7. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked the plants. Jesus gives the meaning of what the thorns are in verse 22. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Did you hear that? What are the thorns that grow up and cause our souls to wither? It's no external threat. We can't blame anyone else. Because it's the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Let's examine that for a moment together. The cares of this world. You know, often the cares of this world appear to us like a good thing. I should care what's going on in the world. The cares of this world. I should care about politics. I should care about who's going to win the election. I should care about what's happening in the streets. I should care about my 401k. I should care about what my neighbors think. I should care about my school's reopening. I should care. I should care. I should care. But suddenly we realize we've become consumed by the cares of this world. And we have to follow the right Twitter accounts and we have to watch the right cable news network and we have all these cares of this world. But let me ask you something. After an hour of reading Twitter or an hour of watching 
cable news? Does your soul feel like a living, thriving tree? Mine doesn't. Mine feels a little bit like this. The cares of this world. When, we, when they consume us, they cause our souls, our spiritual beings to wither. How about that second phrase? You were hoping I would skip that one. The deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness of riches. Notice Jesus didn't say having wealth makes your spirit wither. He says the deceitfulness, the lies that sometimes come with riches. I was thinking about that. What are the deceitfulness of sin in my own life? Usually the deceitfulness of riches looks something like this. Thank you, Lord, for all that I have, all that you've given me, all of the material provision. But, you know, I know this person who has a little bit more. Could I have a little bit more? That's usually what the deceitfulness of riches looks like. It says, I just need a little bit more. Then I'll be set. Then I'll relax. Then I'll have peace. Then I'll have a good retirement. Then I can enjoy my life. That's the deceitfulness of riches. We know it's a lie, don't we? Yet we still believe it over and over again. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches are like thorns that come in and choke the life out of our spiritual being. So Jesus says, I have the word, the word of my kingdom. It's like seeds being thrown onto the ground, but there's these things that come against them. The evil one, hardship, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, they come and they squeeze the life out of our souls. And maybe you're sitting there thinking, man, I hope there's more to this message because my soul feels a little bit like that. My soul feels like it's had some birds, rocks, and thorns squeezing the life out of it. Well, there's one more verse. There's one more place the seed can land. Verse 8. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, she who has ears, let them hear. And in verse 23, Jesus repeats the same idea. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Do you want your soul to feel like this living, thriving, multiplying tree? There's one thing, according to Jesus in this parable, that will be like nutrients feeding the roots of our soul, allowing us to live and thrive. Three things that come against it, but one thing that can make it live, and it's what Jesus calls the Word. The Word. The Word of the Kingdom. What is the word? Quite simply, the word is the word of the gospel. It's the good news. It's what Jesus has done for us in his death and in his resurrection. Let me be clear what Jesus did for us in his death and in his resurrection. Jesus defeated the evil one. You see? that first threat that comes against our souls, the evil one. When Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he defeated the evil one. Therefore, if we have him in us like a seed in rich soil, we have the one who defeated the enemy. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So the gospel says that Jesus defeated the enemy. That second threat that comes against our soul, hardship, persecution, tribulation, nobody suffered more than him when he went to the cross. He experienced the worst kind of hardship because he was completely sinless and innocent, but he died a criminal's death. 
So when we face hardship and tribulation, if we have him draw near to us, come alongside us and dwell our hearts, he says, I know how you feel. Come on, let's get through this together. And the thorns, the thorns, the sin that creeps in, the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world, all of the thorns that grow up in our souls and choke the life out of it. You know what happened to Jesus on the day that he died, don't you? Somebody, somebody took some of those thorns and they twisted them together and they made a crown of thorns and they pressed it down on his head. Why did that happen? Why did that happen on the day he died? It was another metaphor, another symbol of what was really happening to him. All of our sin was, was being extracted out of our souls, the consequences of our sin, the thorns that grow up in our souls, and it was being placed on him and on his body so that we could be freed up to live and thrive. Hallelujah. And they hung Jesus on a dead tree. That's all it was. It was two pieces of wood that had once been in a living, thriving organism, a tree. They had been cut off, and they now bore no fruit except the fruit of condemnation. And he was condemned. He was punished. He was injured so that we wouldn't have to. He took all of our thorns, all of our withering souls, all of our dead spiritual beings, and he took them all upon himself. And then after he died in our place, they took his body down from the cross and they placed it in the ground. Hear me now. They placed it in the ground, just like a farmer places a seed in soil. And he placed it in the ground. And three days later, it started springing forth out of the earth like a beautiful plant, like a beautiful tree. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's the one thing that can come into the roots of our souls and give us life because we realize that he died in our place and with his resurrection life, we have new life. We are the harvest. We are the 34. We are the 60-fold. We are the 100-fold. I look out at this yard right now and I see his harvest. Hallelujah! We are his harvest. We are like a, a grove of trees. And we can live and thrive and multiply. He's defeated all three things that can come against our souls. And he's reminded us this morning of the one thing that can make us truly live. I don't know if you have any more of that dirt on your fingers. I got a little bit. Earlier, I had us place our fingers in the soil, but I have a more important experiment for us this morning, a more important experience than just placing our fingers in the soil. Because we have an opportunity this morning to go from withering branches to thriving harvest in the kingdom. So instead of just placing our fingers in the good soil of Stanwich Church, I just invite us right now in this moment to open up our hands like, like flower petals opening up towards the sun. And let's put our spiritual roots deep into the gospel this morning, deep into the word. And I'm just going to pray over us that we might receive the one nutrient that makes our, our souls thrive. So come, Holy Spirit, I feel that breeze gently gracing this property, but I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and fill these people, fill me, fill our hearts, fill our souls. We confess to you all the thorns 
all the withering branches in our souls, all the ways we've wandered off in the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. We just confess that all to you right now. And we ask that our roots, the roots of our souls will be planted firm, not on shallow ground, but in the deep roots of the gospel. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us that you became that seed buried in the ground, springing forth to new life. We receive that new life today. Holy Spirit, God the Father, Jesus, come fill us so that we might become like a grove, an orchard, a forest, bearing fruit for this world that needs it so desperately. Come.